for all of those reasons, I have gotten even further convinced I'm not investing in any AI companies anytime soon. I was going to say, that was like six kids ago, but you know. You got to get here first. We already bought one. You'd probably make fun of me. That's for sure. Well, you are. You, you definitely are, curmudgeon. That's so true. I mean, if you really thought your poop was in order. Go from Club 33 to the dirt. Talk about splitting hairs. Yeah. There's legal, there's illegal, and then there's not quite legal. I hate that you feel that way about me, and I hate that you're right. Hey guys, welcome back to the Results Junkies podcast. We are sitting here talking about Google and what has to be one of the strangest AI, I don't want to say calamity because that might be a bit overselling it, Paul, but one of the strangest AI incidents that I think we've seen so far. How are you doing today, man? I'm good, man. You know, been a busy week. I'm getting a little grayer this week, it feels like. (laughs) I told you in the pre-show, I'm getting letters that I don't want to get. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I think the summary is, is this week I have just been sort of taking the proverbial machete to everything. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, I don't see any noticeably grayer stuff going on in the beard. And you do have a ways to catch up to me. So well, uh, 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 yeah. definitely uh, more definitely more gray now than when you started the tech tour. So I'll go with, I'll go with that. Yeah, that's but, that's that's what 99 kids will do to you, man. I was going to say that was like six kids ago. but you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. No, I'm good, man. I'm good. How about you? You, I want to hear about this Club 33. I've been following your Instagram and, uh, you know, trying to hide my jealousy. But uh. <laughs> yeah, I have to, I, I still have to, I still have to finish the rest of my Instagram stories, but it was pretty awesome, man. We had an incredible four course meal at Club 33. For folks that don't know, Club 33 is a private members only club at Disneyland and Disney World that costs a bloody fortune to get into. And man, it was, it was pretty cool. I spent way too much money on, on merchandise on the way out the door to special club 33 merchandise. So it's a man is a civilized world inside, inside the, the mass of humanity that are theme parks. You know, we, I was telling you in the pre-show we're, we're, we're at the stage of young kids where we don't think of Disney as fine dining. You know, it's, it's really right. just kind of grab and go. And if you are sitting down, it's probably at, you know, the cafeteria at, at, at the Floridian or something like that, or one of the restaurants at the Floridian. But anyway, I, I am excited to kind of hear about some of these other ones. Cause you've also talked about that sushi place at Epcot multiple times now. And, um, you know, I'll be going down there for the dopey in January. So maybe we're, we're actually thinking about getting one of the, I forget what they call them, but the Disney nannies or something like that. There's like a service that provides ex Disney employees a, as nannies for you. Oh, interesting. So we're we're kind of thinking about grabbing those for a couple hours every day for the five or six days we're going to be down there and see if Dana and I can actually try some of these fancy places you keep flexing on us with. Yeah, they they used to have their own babysitting program. It was at a arcade at Bay Lake Towers. I'm pretty sure it died an untimely death. So I don't know that you can do that anymore. But you know, it's that'd be cool if there was a reliable, trustworthy babysitting service that you could hit up. There apparently, you know, they all have like the same names. But anyway, there's some service in one of these Disney groups, and I'm sure it's like. Anyway, Dana's been researching it and spoke to one of the companies and they, they claim to be like ex-Disney employees and they understand how Disney works. And Yeah. And the rates aren't that bad. I mean, it's like, just like having a babysitter up here, you know, 20, yeah. 20, 30 bucks an hour or something like that and four hour minimums. So not that bad. 
I don't think they realize they're going to have four kids, but that's a them problem. <laughs> I, I say maybe I'm behind on babysitting, but if it pays thirty bucks an hour, I might need to get a second job. So if you're, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. If that's a going. That's a going rate in Loudoun County, man. That hurts. Uh, it, I, well, I think it could also be that the ten year olds and the twelve year olds in our neighborhood are running a hustle on me and Dana. But uh, I, I'm, I'm, listeners, you know, let us know, weigh in. But it does sound like Paul is getting hustled on babysitting rates. Yeah, I think I'm a soft target because you know, you know, what are those things like the the booster club sell? It's like you know, they come around, they're like, oh, Loudoun County High School, or whatever, you know, support yeah. the band group. Yep. We'll get a wave of these kids that just come to our door with the same brochure. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, you do realize those guys that just walked away have the same brochure? Like, you got to get here first. You should post a picture of the card that you bought. Yeah, just uh, put it on the front door. We already bought one. We already bought <laughs> yeah, one. That's right. Paid yeah. the office. That's right. All right, so let's talk about Google, and we'll, we'll bypass the whole discussion on Google smartphones being made in India, um, because I thought that was interesting. But let's talk about this. Let's talk about this article about the generative AI, because when I read this, the you know, so essentially the headline of the article is Google to defend generative AI users from copyright claims. And so when I read this, it was like, wow, I mean, you know, Google is going to protect people who use their AI products, i.e. BARD, and if 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 there's a copyright claim because the material that you know got spit out was you know was it was infringed upon someone's copyright, Google's going to protect you from those claims, indemnify you, or 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 defend. And I was like, wow, that's a really big step. And then I read the article, and it specifically says that this does not. The press release did not mention Bard. It's all the other generative AI stuff they have, but they specifically didn't name Bard. Right. <laughs> This is a good example where the headline and the story are actually very, very different because I made that same mistake and you called me out for it. I was like, holy cow, this is amazing, right? Right. And then, yeah. And then the thing that you really do want some defensibility around is the one thing they carve out. So <laughs> that that goes to tell you that even they don't feel comfortable <laughs> right. with, with, with that stuff. Well, that's the thing. Like, like the, you know, the... The last sentence of the article, I think, is pretty telling about where we sit today. AI defendants have said that the use of training data scraped from the internet to train their systems qualifies as fair use under copyright law, under U.S. copyright law. I, you know, like when I read that, the first thing I thought of is that will not get decided by anybody other than the Supreme Court. Like yeah. that's like this is this is the level of sort of discussion that we're going to have to have about this sort of stuff. Because there are way too many massive financial interests on both sides of this for it to get decided anywhere but what, whatever is the ultimate arbiter. Yeah, 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 agreed. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But by the way, actually, now that I say this, I, uh, that now that we're talking about this, we didn't talk about this in pre-show, but the timing of this now kind of seems interesting. Gary Tan from Y Combinator, I think earlier this week, tweeted that they just hired a new head of public policy, a role they've mm. never had before. Right. But they're basically signaling that, that, you know, they're going to enter that fray and start to defend things. And, you know, it seems, seems timely to your point, you know, that this, the, this kind of technology is going to get pushed into the, into the spotlight because of yeah. legal reasons here pretty soon, if it's not already. Anyway, the, the, the lesson here is, is Google is really good at writing a headline, but not <laughs> actually defending you if you use Bard. Because they don't even they don't trust it. They're not they're not comfortable yet. And if they're not comfortable, well, heck, you should not be comfortable. Whoever the you is that's listening. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, look, I think 
that's maybe that's like the main thing to mention is that, you know, we're not, you and I are not being curmudgeons about AI and machine learning and GPT and all that stuff. It's really that the stakes are extremely high if you're using those technologies for financial reasons, health reasons, like anything that's like mission critical that you cannot afford to screw up, that you need defensibility around. AI, machine learning, all that stuff is just not ready for for those kind of applications just yet. It'll probably get there, right? But but there's a ways to go and most of that's going to be in the regulate in the um the the regulation, the law, any impending litigation, stuff like that. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be telling I guess I wouldn't be uh I wouldn't be I I would be lying if I didn't actually also say that every the hype around AI and machine learning and all that stuff has just gotten really frustrating to me personally just because I've got more and more prospective customers that are talking about jargony words like that without understanding the full <laughs> implication and so you know it puts us and me in a position where it looks like I'm being the curmudgeon when in fact let's just use healthcare as an example if if you know you're you're operating in a world where if you get audited for example by a healthcare payer the the penalty for failing that audit is the clawback of the money you know so right. so it's not like it's not like a slap on the wrist it's you're going to give it back and it it could go back quite a while it's not like oh yeah you just screwed that up yesterday don't worry about it it's pay us back cuz we didn't we wouldn't have issued that that reimbursement had we known or whatever right and so that's that's not good <laughs> And yeah. and the fact that Google's not willing to back it up now, like that just kind of proves to you that if Google's not even trusting Bard for these kind of applications, you shouldn't either. Well, and I think it brings up another layer to to talk about, especially for small companies, startups, things of that nature. You've got this concept of fair use under copyright law, and it's a fairly tough thing to prove. That's not really the issue. The issue is, in my opinion, the litigation risk. And so so when you think about this, if you're not covered by Google or Microsoft in the case of ChatGPT, if you're not covered for the use of this material and someone sues you, you sort of have two choices. You can capitulate and stop or you can defend. And in, in you talked about this in terms of the, you know, like what if you're a small business, what if you're a small company and you're built on one of these platforms? You talked about a number of episodes ago about how you know, when Twitter raised the price of their API significantly and all of a sudden everybody had to think differently about how to do business. You know, this is actually happening in, in a very similar sort of situation in the miles and points space where a company is getting sued by an airline based over the use of their data and they're claiming, you know, that, that they're covered under, you know, the fair use clause on, in the U.S. copyright law. The thing here in this situation, I think you know this, if you're a small business or if you're a startup and someone is suing you for use of their material that they believe was inappropriately, you know, gobbled up by Bard or ChatGPT, that person's likely to have much deeper pockets than you. Right. And, and you better hope that there's a settlement because if there's not a settlement and, and you can't just stop and say, okay, I'll stop and like, let's stop the lawyers. You could be in for significant expenses. And that's where I think there's this whole massive gray area of, you know, if ChatGPT sucks in the wrong information and you use it uh, and monetize using it, you know, who's responsible? I mean, that's just a messy ball of wax to clean up. Yeah. 
I, I always kind of chuckle when people kind of talk about lawsuits because what they don't realize is, is that, and this is going to sound horrible, but it's kind of in my experience. Lawsuits like that are less about who's right and who's wrong and then more about who's got the deeper pockets because that's that's 100%. ultimately where it's going to go. So yeah, I mean, that's you're absolutely right. you know. And, and so anyway, it's it's just a wild, wild west right now. And I think, you know, I think it's cool to tinker with these things. I think it's cool to test them out for, you know, non-mission critical, non-financial related things. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally cool. Like I, I would be comfortable going into chat GPT and saying, give me a sample Disney itinerary for the five days I'll be there. Like that to me, sure. yeah, that's, you know, cool. But I would not say, uh, I don't know, I, I would not say, you know, trust GPT to say, hey, how, what should my, how should I fight this parking ticket? Uh, that's maybe a bad example, right? But I, that, like, I don't want to do something via that advice and not trust it fully. I mean, that's why you pay a lawyer to, to, to fight the speeding tickets because they, there's, there's training, there's, there's insurance, there's yeah. all sorts of stuff and, and there could still be mistakes, but you can at least hold a, a human accountable for a mistake. You can't with the computer. Um, well, and, and, and at a high level, I'd say, I still believe monetizing on top of ChatGPT or Bard now is a, I don't think it's too bombastic to say it's a dangerous proposition. I, you know, there's too much, because it's not just legislative or, or litigation risk. You also have model change. You know, they, they, they could, they could, they could have an existential decision made tomorrow and say, we're not going to charge 30 bucks a month anymore. We're going to charge 3000, you know, or whatever. We're going to charge by query. I mean, you know, there's, there's still, it's still such an infancy that I just, you know, I'm not going to say I'm going to be the last guy to invest in a company building on top of, of, of a database like this, but I'm certainly not going to be in, in, in the front 50%. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm with you by the way. Like, I, like, I think AI, machine learning, chat GPT, all that stuff, we've gotten to the point now where it's, it's, a, it's a game for the well-funded and everybody else is just building a wrapper around it now. And so as an investor, you just kind of have to know where you're going to play now, right? Like I, I don't think I would be interested in looking at, at a pitch deck for somebody creating the quote-unquote chat GPT killer. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, like could it happen? Like, could somebody build that? Sure. But I'm just not qualified to know the difference between one model and somebody else's model. And sure. And anyway, whoever has the hardware wins anyway, right? Like it's that, that's the, that's the thing. Like this is like a, this is a game for, for whoever's got the ability to spend the most money and buy up the most NVIDIA cards. So, (laughs) so I don't know. We'll see. It's a wild west, but anyway, there's probably a bunch of like perspective strata clients out there that are thinking that I'm some curmudgeon. And well, you are. You, you definitely are a curmudgeon. But <laughs> you know me, man. You know me. I'm a pessimist. I do. I do. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Talk about role reversal. So before we talk about the other Google story, which we might not get time to today, I think it, I think we should take a, a moment to talk about this tweet that I'll link to in the show notes that you sent me about this essentially voice theft issue that's just, I, I'm still flabbergasted about this. Uh, I mean, I'm still, okay, so sorry, <laughs> let me summarize real quick. Essentially what this person is contending, this is a a CEO of a, of a, of an athletic clothing manufacturer. They, they make bags for high performance athletes. He's claiming that his competition used his voice to generate a commercial 
selling a competitor's gym bag with his voice, which I think is just, I mean, okay, well, you go first. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. So backstory, we met Caleb during the tech tour at one or two of the Nebraska stops over the, you know, years oh, ago. Oh, I didn't realize we knew this guy. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Yeah. Oh, so we met him back better. then and full disclosure, when he was raising money, I, I don't know that business. So I just wasn't able to participate in that round, but good stand up guy, great you know, at least the time I met him and, you know, following him on Twitter and stuff like that. seems like the company's doing well. Um, so there is that connection there, and and so he seems like a cool guy. But yeah, this is interesting, right? Because this this kind of piggybacks on what we just talked about. So, so first off, look, plagiarism in business happens all the time, and yeah. and that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? You know, you you see what's working for other businesses, and you build on top of it. That's you know, we can talk about creativity all day, but the reality is, is like when stuff works, you know, iterate from there. Where the line gets crossed is is in this scenario somebody's impersonating his voice and, and, you know, like that, that, that and, and as he says in the tweet, that's illegal. And, but there's no, it's not clear how, how to actually defend that yet. And, you know, we talked, I think a couple of weeks ago in our, in one of these episodes that Tom Hanks had just, I think it was Tom Hanks had like filed a lawsuit against somebody for, you know, using AI to generate a, a visual face that talked like him and stuff like that. Like, we're we're in this. This is this just tie. My point is this sort of ties right back to what we're just talking about uh, a few minutes ago. That we're in this like brave new world now. The regulations aren't really clear. The law isn't really clear on how to how to like pursue you know damages. I don't know. Anyway, let me let me pause there because I'm I'm curious how you. Let me ask you this: If somebody opened up a burger joint, this super bad hypothetical, but let me let me just see where this goes. If I opened up a burger joint across the street from Five Guys and called it six gals <laughs> i don't know and then and then like had very similar this that and the other you'd probably be annoyed for sure you'd probably make fun of me that's for sure but like at the end of the day what are you going to do i mean unless i'm like blatantly you know copying your brand or your colors or whatever like it's just another competitor where it gets a little bit tricky is all of a sudden if i then use your face or your likeness and then try to convince other people that you've endorsed this place. That's where I think it gets, it seems clearly wrong. How do you actually go after me? I don't, I don't really know. Like, does a court even know what AI is? Yeah. Well, I think I like, I think the whole, to your point, like maybe I'm parsing syllables here, but I'm not necessarily sure if this is quote unquote illegal. I I think it's not legal. And what I mean by that is like, I'm not sure that there's any <laughs> court. Can we just pause for a second? You just spoke that. Okay. Anybody <laughs> listen, this is like true business 101 right here. Everybody yep. thinks business is like, oh, we got to be professional or whatever. What you just said is real business. You're like, look, there's legal, there's illegal, and then there's not quite legal. And that, like, that's so true. The way you just said it was way better though. You said it's not illegal, but it's not legal. I think that's what you said. Essentially, because I mean, I doubt that anybody has been arrested for this crime and had it defined. And so when I think about illegal, it's like, all right, you, when you get a driver's license, you agree not to ignore any posted signs. And that's how they, that's a, a very wide encompassing thing where you can get a ticket for speeding, but if for some reason they can't prove that. They can say, well, you ignored a, a highway sign or like this. So there's, there are these overarching laws of, you know, 
property rights, obedience, things of that nature. I don't, I can't think of a way that you could construe existing law to say that I can't, that there is a defined penalty for me taking your voice and resynthesizing it and using it from a criminality standpoint, which is what we're talking about legal and illegal. When you talk about property rights and copyrights and things of that nature, I think it it clearly, like there are clearly categories there that this falls under, but that's not legal or illegal. That's, that's, that's copyright law. That's cop. And that's, and that's civil, not criminal. That's, you know, you versus, you know, you're, you're telling me that you're, you're telling me or a court that I infringed upon your marks or your copyrights or your whatever. And I'm having to defend whether I did that. The here, it's like, put another way. If I used your fingerprint you know, in all these movies that you see, they lift the fingerprints off with a piece of tape and they put it on the special keypad. So let's take that and say I did that. And I use that to access a secure facility. Well, I, I've impersonated you. There are laws for that. I've I've stolen something of yours. I've stolen your biometrics. Right. Is your voice a biometric? I mean, again, I don't know that we've ever had that sort of proof. So I, you know, I don't I don't think there's a, a I don't think there's a police officer you can call on this one, but I absolutely think that they have a wide range of ways that they could sue on this for individual copyright and privacy rights. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, if I understand your position correctly, what you're saying is, is that, and, and <laughs> neither of us is a lawyer, but... Talk about splitting hairs, yeah. Yeah, but I think what you're saying is, is that my fingerprint is proof of my identity, and that's why, for example, you your, your MacBook lets you unlock right. with that. Uh, your face is is yours. That's probably why face ID is, you know, is what it is. And we use pictures on your driver's license to identify who you are. But I think to your point is a voice. I don't know. That's maybe where, is that what you're saying though? Is that the voice is the gray area? Well, I think you're just getting into like, what does your privacy protect, you know, in, in these sorts of situations? And does the law protect him from having his voice stolen? Because if, if, if you could prove that, then I definitely think there's criminality. It's sort of like, like take iPhones as an example. This is going to sound like a non sequitur, but roll with me for just a second. Take iPhones for a second. In the early days of the iPhone, not even early days, but in somewhat recent days, we've had plenty of instances where a government entity has wanted to get into an iPhone and Apple has said, no, we're not willing to do it. Like, we're not going to give you the password. Like, Mm -hmm. we know that exists and we know that there, there appears to be some level of, of, of precedent that supports their, their right not to give the user's password. Yep. Now let's say that, let's say that I get arrested, okay? And I get arrested because I'm suspected of kidnapping someone and they can't find the person. And they take my possessions from me when I'm arrested. Do the police have the legal right to hold my phone up to my face so they can unlock it? I don't know. Do they? Great question. I don't know either. This is actually the reason why my business partner, Russell, didn't want to get an iPhone with the first version of Face ID because there really wasn't a whole lot of legislation to define what happens when when somebody tries to do that. Could they just force you to open your phone? Now they don't need you to give up your password. They can use your face. And so I think you get into this stuff with this voice analysis and you say, it's just so early on. It's so fascinating to me because it ultimately, my here's my gut. My gut is that whatever happens with Caleb here in this situation will get settled in some sort of civil manner. If he decides to pursue it, it will be decided via a civil court, via yeah. a cease and desist letter, or something of that nature. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that in five years, um, there's a reasonable chance there's legislation that exists that talks about the legality or criminality of doing this. I, I think I would agree with all that. 
because I think longer term, you're going to start to see celebrities start to like, why do a partnership with Kim Kardashian and give up X percent of your revenue when you could potentially just use her likeness via AI and all that to, to generate a voice or a image and all that stuff. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I think, I think Caleb, you know, looking at how he's tweeting about it and stuff like that, I think he's taking it all in stride. But I'm sure there's probably a letter or, a, C- or a, a sternly worded scary letter from his attorney to that other company here soon if it, if it hasn't already gone out. But yeah, I agree with you. I think it'll be solved civilly. Well, it's interesting. If you, like, if you read through the tweet thread, the thing I think it's interesting that he says, and again, we are taking this on face value, haven't verified it. But what he goes on to say is that the company has said that, that, they, that they're quote unquote looking into it and they hired a voice actor and, and all those things except he then goes on to say that they did take the ads down. And so you say, well, you know, I mean, I don't want to just jump to the conclusion, but I mean, if you really thought your poop was in order, would you, would you take the ads down? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I hope Jeremiah puts in like some, you know, you know, judge gavels here or whatever. Cause I feel like we're turning into one of those, what's it like the judge Judy shows or whatever. I think, I feel like that's where we're getting to that territory now, but. This is why we need to go to video because I will say that just a few weeks ago, Jeremiah did actually insert a poop emoji into one of the video of one of the video clips that we used on social media because my guest was talking about Delta credit card holders being SOL. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, it'll be it's it, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out because it's like a couple of years ago everybody was all into influencer marketing, and mm-hmm. you know now the bottom sort of dropped out. I feel like, and now it's like I don't know. It, the point is though is that this is going to be a wild, wild inter, you know couple of years now with with this this stuff. Just because like I if I don't need to pay Travis Kelsey to get his face, why would I? And on the flip side, Travis Kelsey's agent's probably going to sue. If somebody tries to do this, because whoever's got the deeper pockets is going to win. It's so fascinating. Actually, now that I say that, though, it could also be that part of those lawsuits is to just establish the pattern of defending, you know, because you also have just, just, you know, it, it's the opposite side of the same coin you just said. Like, hey, if, you're, if your stuff was in order, why'd you take the ads, ads down? On the flip yeah. side, you know, when you try to go trademark, you know, stuff like this, you've got to actually show that you've also got to defend it. You've got to show that you're, you're, you're defending it. So, well, and to be clear, not, not trying to touch the third rail of abortion on our podcast, because that would certainly not be one of my touch, but like you talk about the original Roe v. Wade decision and how, you know, even Ginsburg said that she thought it was decided on the wrong piece of law. Mm. And so like, you know, using that extrapolation here, given how much attention there is behind chat GPT and how much attention there is behind Bard and how much attention there is behind AI, I could absolutely see the first rulings not being based on the correct precedent because this is such a green field. And so you're asking a judge who doesn't specialize in this stuff to make a decision about this. I could absolutely see early precedents being wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, for all of those reasons, I have gotten even further convinced I'm not investing in any AI companies anytime soon. (laughs) I'm with you, man. I'm right there with you. There's plenty of other stuff to invest in anyway. (laughs) Yeah. All right. What, uh, what's on your travel agenda for the next couple of days? Even though I haven't booked at all, I have Savannah, Orlando, uh, New York. That's before we record it. That's probably all before we record again. Yeah. Hard to say. It's crazy. That's crazy. We're just two different parts of our lives here, man. You and I. I'm I'm sitting here thinking, gosh, I gotta get I have to reload the diaper supplies for our 
at, at the at the preschools for the boys. Yeah. I gotta go camping too. If I, I mean, I am taking my son camping. Does that count? We're not getting on an airplane to do it. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Right. Are you guys going nearby yeah. somewhere like Northern Virginia? Or? Yeah, the Boy Star Troop is going to Hershey, so they're gonna camp at the Hershey Park camping grounds before they go to the park. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. All right, man. Well, enjoy your trip. I hope to see you. I want to see some camping pictures on your Instagram. That that'll be good. So. Ooh, yeah, that'd be ugly. Yeah, I'm not sure that's gonna happen. Go go, go from Club Thirty Three to the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, le- I'll leave you with this because cause none of this will surprise you in the least. We've actually, back when we had the RV, we actually camped at the same campground. And my wife pointed something out to me because like, I don't camp. And I certainly don't camp at tents. She says that she believes, and again, she's probably not wrong. She believes that we're going to get up there for the camp out with all the Boy Scouts. And there are cabins at this campsite that you can rent. And she's like, I- I'm betting that you're going to just rent the cabin. Like, that's what I'm betting. <laughs> I'm like... You know, like that. I I hate that you feel that way about me, and I hate that you're right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've I probably say that to Dana about every three days. <laughs> yep. I hate I hate that I hate that you feel that way about me, and that you're so correct about it. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. That's a good place to end it right there. It very All much right, is. Man. There's, there's your sound bite. All right, man. Take it easy. Yeah. All right. Good luck. See ya. The preceding was produced in association with Crooked Path Productions.